Good time of day, everyone, and welcome back to WKNC's Brain Trust. I'm your host, Lucas Marsh, and we are back with episode six of my show. I'm super excited to be talking about today's topic because it is one that I think is very important and should be discussed more often with uh, the growing, with well, with people that are you know growing up and becoming adults. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Something that's very important to me and something that is also very important to my guest. Uh, we've had him here on the show before in episode two. You may know him, you may be new to him, but guest, please introduce yourself. Hey everyone, my name's Akhil. I was there on uh, episode two, of course, and I'm a freshman studying computer science. Awesome. Welcome back. Excellent to have you back, and now that you did your intro, I forgot to do my intro, completely forgot to introduce myself, uh, so we're going to do it in, in reverse today, completely on accident. Uh, yeah, sure. So we've introduced our guest. Now, since I forgot to introduce myself, uh, for those of you who don't know, my name is Lucas. I'm from Long Island, New York. I'm also a member of the freshman class here at State, and again, super excited to be talking about today's topic, which is... Financial literacy. Yay, everybody give Yay. it up for financial literacy. Not exactly the world's most exciting topic, but again, one that is very important and should be talked about more. Uh, so to jump right into it, Akil, what would you say it means to be financially literate? To be financially literate, I'd say it's someone that knows how to knows where their money is, knows where it's going, how they manage their cash flow, their budgeting, spending, and just making sure they make the most value out of their money. I think that's what financial literacy is all about. Just making sure you're completely aware of what your money is doing. Very well said. Uh, I'd agree. Financial literacy is just, you know, knowledge on how to manage your money. Just just being knowledgeable on how to live a financially secure life and like how to manage your money properly and effectively. Yeah, most people don't exactly uh, do much with their money when they get their first paycheck. They say, oh, let me go buy some fancy meal or go out with my friends, but there's a lot of importance to saving and budgeting and making sure you don't overspend and you know lose a lot of money in the future. Extremely. It's very important to save. I remember when I got my first paycheck, uh, I, was a, I think I was a volunteer at a summer camp. And it wasn't exactly a paycheck. It was just like at the end, like as a volunteer, you don't get paid. So at the end of the five-week program, all the parents of the kids, generally you make your money from tips. Like all the parents will, they'll, they'll each tip you, you know, like 10 bucks, five bucks, 20 bucks. Yeah. Kid really liked you, you know, you get 25, 30, that kind of thing. Uh, so I remember when I first got like a large amount of money, I think I saved most of it. Well, for me- At least it, most of it. For me in my first paycheck, uh, it wasn't exactly a paycheck. It was sort of like a just a cash prize for participating in like one of the events at our school. Uh, my mom said, why don't you give it to me? I'll hold on to it for you. Never saw that money again. You got scammed. Exactly. Scammed. Guys, don't trust your parents with your money. <laughs> you know they're going to keep it. No, my parents were good about not scamming us. Like they would give us a, an allowance. Like we do chores around the house, you know, take out the garbage, open the, the shutters in the morning. I would scoop the litter box uh, for our cats, um, yeah. among other things. But, you know, you do chores around the house, we get a weekly allowance, like $5, I don't know, $10. Uh, 
Um, yeah. My weekly allowance was uh, 50 rupees, which is about 75 cents. And that used to be more than enough to get a nice little lunch at the school cafeteria every once in a while. Normally, nice. our parents back our lunches, so. Right. Yeah, that's that's really cool. Um, so, yeah, a nice little weekly allowance. That's something like, you know, pre-job kind of thing, like middle school, I mean, elementary school kind of thing. When you're young, you know, you get an allowance. What I would do is when I only had like very small amount of money, you know, a small amount of income, you know, just, like just, a, just a basic allowance. Uh, every time I had $100, I would go and put it directly into my bank. And I would go and do that with me. I, like I'd say to my mom, I'd be like, can I go and put this in my bank? And she'd be like, yep. And then I'd go with her and put it in my bank myself. And you'd feel all proud and yeah, like right. you're I'm saving like, money. I put hundred dollars in my bank. Like hundred dollars isn't like a lot of money. But it's a lot to, as a kid. But to a twelve-year-old who's apparently thinking about his future, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And it's definitely come in handy now, because you know we're away at school. I'm not. Where I mean, like technically, I am working. I'm working doing uh, this, working producing my show. Um, but it's not the same. Like I'm not making the. Like, I'm not working the same hours I would in like the the grocery store that I work at at home. So, technically, you know, I'm I'm making you know you're making exactly. a little bit of money. Yeah, making a little bit, but not the same. So, a little slowed revenue stream, but still happening. So that's good. But it's come in handy all that money that I saved up, because now that I'm not exactly I mean like last semester I wasn't working all here for that long. It was mainly like half the semester, but um from like paying my car insurance every month. Yeah, not making a whole lot, so I have to go and tap into my savings, which I have. And so I'll be okay. I won't be. I'm not going to be going poor anytime soon, but it's still there. It's at least there for me. Exactly, you know I mean? and that's you know that's very crucial when you're saving money. You just don't know. You you might not need it now, but you'll definitely need it in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, something. So you know, we're talking about financially, uh, financial liter- literacy. Um. We'll get into the importance, but Akil, would you consider yourself financially literate? Financially literate. Well, uh, to me, honestly, being financially literate would honestly just make sure that I save the most amount of money possible, and at the same time, try to enjoy. Because of course, someone who keeps saving and saving and saving and never spending a dime also may not live such a satisfactory life. It it is portrayed a lot in social media where people say, "Save half of your paycheck," you know, "Don't do anything," "Don't." go out with and don't have fun that that's not really that's not really the case you should go out you should have fun i'd say uh i'm not exactly financially fully financially literate i'm just completely aware that saving is super important and budgeting is also just as important and making sure i know exactly where my money is and where it goes mm. now that's about the same like i i'm pretty i'm pretty on top of my finances I've been saving for a long time. For the for like the first year or so while I was working at the wonderful shop right of Massapequa. Um I didn't have a, I didn't have a car. So and what me and my friends would do when we hung out is we we would just hang out at somebody's house and sit and like play video games and stuff. We wouldn't always go out to eat. Um that kind of thing. Like I had money, but I didn't really have anything to spend it on. Like I wouldn't we we really didn't go anywhere cuz I didn't I didn't have a car yet, so we didn't really go places. I wasn't paying for gas, wasn't paying for car insurance. I didn't have as easy of access to meals because for anybody listening, DoorDash and like um, Grubhub and Uber Eats, it's all a scam. It's, all, it's very expensive it's, and it's it, not worth it. It's really not, not worth, worth it. it. 
uh, every single time I have grubhubbed or door dashed food, they've always missed something, and I can never get that item. And they only just give me a refund, and I'm like, not only that, like I would like it's either a missed item and it's delivered like 45 minutes right. later, even right. though they say, oh, we'll get it to you in 20 minutes. Yeah, But yeah. No. Anyway, listening. Don't be financially literate. Don't DoorDash food. Just walk. If there. it's out of range of for you, don't buy it. That's true. That's that's one of the reasons. That's one of the ways I saved up so much money because I wasn't driving places to go get food. The food that I would buy would be like around my high school, around my campus, because we were allowed to go out for lunch. Um, but another way that I saved so much money was you, you mentioned budgeting. So I was uh, I am uh, an Eagle Scout, and part of becoming an Eagle Scout is a merit badge called personal management, and part of personal management is keeping a budget for yourself for 13 weeks. I don't know why it's 13 weeks and not just three months, but for some reason it, it's 13 it's just, weeks. Yeah, it's just three months and one week extra, just yeah, because. Yeah, just know? one week extra, just a little, just a little extra, something extra. Uh, but we'd have we have to keep a budget, so. I would I like I had money so obviously I would go and I'd spend some of it like whenever we went out to lunch but I wouldn't go out to lunch more than once or twice a week because lunch would be I don't know, on average anywhere between like seven to ten dollars depending on where you go I mean if I really wanted to I could you know buy like the cheap food and get five five dollar lunches but sometimes that you know you want a little better exactly. quality lunch. you want to have a little bit more fun right you, you need to enjoy yeah. yourself if you have money Good for you. You don't need to hoard it. Like, get the toppings on that pizza slice. Like, you've earned it. Go ahead. Yeah. And to talk about uh, the saving aspect and buying things within your scope, my golden rule is always: if you can't, if if the thing you buy isn't ten percent or more of what your what you make or what you currently have, don't buy it at all. Like if it's more than 10%, don't buy it at all. Mm. Come back to it later. Think about it really hard if you really need it. Because yeah. so many people, you know, like someone who makes 50K a year, they'll be saying, okay, I'm going to go sign a lease on my new Tesla. I'm not sign a lease. I'm going to go sign a deal on my new Tesla. Actually, no, oh. a lease was right. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. Well, I'm going to go sign a lease <laughs> on my new Tesla and I'll pay a thousand bucks a month for the next five years or 10 years or whatever it may be. They don't realize just how much money they will eventually start draining yeah. out, and it's not something they can afford, mm. and it's it's a considerable chunk of money uh, to take out from every month yeah. from your expenses. Although leasing cars is actually can be extremely affordable. Yeah, it really does then depend you, you on know, every every like four years or something. I think a lease is for four years, but you lease a car for four years, you basically get a new car for. Slightly less than what it would normally cost you. You ba you basically borrow the car for four years, and then in four years, after your lease is up, you can either renew for another four years, or you can lease a newer car. So now you have an upgraded vehicle, and it's still affordable for you. So leasing is a very good option. Yeah. Some people don't want to one because they can afford not to, and like we've been saying, um, gotta have some money for comfort. You know yeah. what I mean? You can't just. Yeah. save all your money and never spend a dime like if you want if you really want like my dad obviously he bought a a 2003 Chevy Avalanche when my brother was born about the same time in 
Um, he's had the car, he's had the truck ever since, and he's gonna have that truck until it's on its last legs. Like he he would not have leased because he wanted to spend a little bit extra so that he has the same truck for the longest time. Like he drove uh, my mom to the hospital all three times when my older brother and younger sister and I were born. So you know we've had a lot of truck. memories in that truck. The same truck. That's what he always says. He's like, I drove you to the hospital in this truck. Like we know. Yeah. It's because you know I mean like again leasing is affordable, but. At some point, you want to buy your own. It's car, really you know? based on people's needs. Some yeah. people will probably need the car one, two years. That's pretty much it. Right. Other people, you know, they find a good deal. They want to maximize the opportunity cost of that car. They'll go ahead and buy it in full price. Right. Yeah. Anyway, leasing. But I wanted to get back to budgeting because uh, budgeting is extremely important. Um, sort of same before. I had in the budget, I would uh, allocate like, maybe $25 every week for lunches or for food. I would actually do, I think it was more like 35 a week for lunches. Mm-hmm. Or just, it was 35 a week for food. Like you basically, you break down all of your income per month. And I would give myself like $150 a month for food. And I would desperately not go over that 150 If I went over it, in like if like let's say in the, the month of January I give myself $150 for food, I'm gonna save $350. I have $150 for car insurance. I have $50 for miscellaneous like emergency, and that's it. The rest of it is getting saved. If I go over that 150, the next month, I would, not exactly. I don't want to. I want to say like punish myself, but kind of. Make make it so that there are consequences for going over. Yeah. And this was a very difficult thing to do because there is nothing else holding that system together other than me. And your will, basically. Yeah, yeah that's that's so, about it. But yeah. it worked. It worked. If I went over in January by $25, I would then take that out of February's food money. Yeah. I mean, so, that definitely does work because that's basically what you were supposed to be saving, but yeah. you didn't. Right. So even though I'm kind of overdrawing on the own, on the one number that I established myself out of complete random, you know, whatever, that that's a good yeah. enough number for a month. And it's just completely random. If I go over that, I would, you know, take it out of next month. But no, budgeting is really important. Do you budget or have you budgeted? I mean, honestly, uh, when by the time of, like when I'm with my time here at State, I don't really spend much because most of the money comes from my parents itself. So it's not really an allowance per se. It's just more so, hey, I need, you know, $300, $400 these one a couple of times. $300? Hey, it's to either buy textbooks or pay for a couple of things or honestly just to keep keep some money in the bank just so you need it, you know? Yeah. And I don't really have a set allowance because I'm not making any income actively right now. Mm. But if I did... I would just make sure that, you know, if I made $1,000, I would really only go as far as $300 for everything, mm-hmm. regardless of what it is. Travel, trans- like travel, food, having fun, entertainment, everything. Yeah. $300, I'd say, is like a good limit because $700 is a lot, is a considerable chunk of money that you can keep for later. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the basic budgeting behind it. But, yeah. you know, breaking it down further, there'd be a lot more. It's really based on the income and what you what you'd want to decide to do with it afterwards. Yeah. Plus, 
like while you're in while you're in school, it's uh and like if you're living on campus, your loans will count towards that kind of stuff. So budgeting while you're in school is also really important because I like to follow the I mean like my own and not exactly follow a rule, but I like to I like to try to save at least at least half of any money that I make depending on you know how much of it I really need to spend. Yeah. Like I have um you know car insurance is a monthly fixed expense. Food isn't exactly a fixed ex- fixed expense, but I kind of keep it like that. Keep it fixed or at least I used to. Now like now I don't as I don't budget as much cuz you know like you said we're not spending a lot of money um, in the first place, yeah. Right, cuz you know all of our food is a meal swipe at a dining hall that's already been paid for, so and the five hundred dining dollars. Yep, that's. I don't even. Okay, this is kind of. It's not exactly financial literacy related, but like, do you do you really think of the the dining dollars on campus? Do you think of that as like real money? No, I don't. Yeah, honestly, unless I could use it everywhere, no, it's pointless. Yeah, there's very limited restaurants and honestly limited selection that I could use my dining dollars on. So, yeah, no. If the dining dollars, or if if I was like actually smart about it. I would have budgeted out the 500 because that's 16 weeks that we're here, 500 dining dollars, some quick math, that's $31.25 a week that you can spend at any given like C-store or a restaurant on campus. Anything honestly, yeah, honestly, I'd just take $500 for the semester in hard cash and eat outside, you know? With $31 per week, I'm sure you can definitely have mm-hmm. fun each and every week going outside and eating food. Right. $31, even $30. Take that extra dollar twenty-five a week and put it somewhere else. $30 a week for food is... Not even not even 30 You can good. You can honestly go to 15 Just yeah. eat out once a week maximum. Yeah. 15 bucks. Honestly. That's all yeah. you need. No, I'm going to be in a, a different situation. I don't know what you're doing for your housing situation for next year, but... I'm trying to get into uh, Wolf Village with mm-hmm. a group of my friends. Uh, but now comes the questions, what kind of dining plan I'm going to have because a lot of my classes next semester and you know next year, starting you know after you code your classes, at least for me, for aerospace engineering, they're going to be on Centennial, pretty much most of my classes all the time. Yeah. So there's a dining plan provided called the Block 120 where you get – I think you get like it's a hundred and twenty meal swipes. Yeah, and it's hundred twenty meal swipes. I think like two hundred dining dollars or so. No, no, I think not even it's any like, dining dollars. No, you you get you definitely get dining dollars. Okay. All right, I looked it up. The block one twenty plan is. It's like a it's a it's a, basically it's a thousand dollars, pretty much a thousand dollars less than the flex five hundred plan, and it's hundred and twenty, dining hall meals, and five hundred dining dollars. Yeah. So. To really think about this in terms of a budget or analytical way, I'd say, you know, you could you could start by realizing, okay, so it's a thousand dollars less, where would that thousand dollars go? So we start off with one twenty meal swipes, and that is gonna be one meal per day for the entire semester for four months because one twenty, you know, divided by thirty is four. Mm-hmm. And the remaining money would essentially you'd need to either work with it to uh make two meals a day at your apartment in Wolf Village because that's what it is over there or, you know, try to save. And honestly, this is where getting an apartment uh, housing is useful because you could buy a dozen uh, dozen carton of eggs and a loaf of bread 
and you could live on an omelet sandwich for one week straight and you'd spend like five do- like yeah. $10 or so in expenses. And that's where you can really start saving money. Mm-hmm. And cooking your own food itself is already cheaper than paying for a meal swipe or anything every once in a while because you don't really need to feed yourself that much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, don't starve. Yeah, of don't course not. Don't starve yourself. That's not exactly Don't, don't just see one piece of bread and say, I'm saving money. <laughs> yeah, no, saving money isn't. If if saving money to you means starving yourself, yeah, no. What I mean not, that's by, not something we have the expertise yeah. to talk about here. But what I mean by that is just don't buy avocados. Instead, just live with cucumbers and tomatoes on your sandwich. If that's if you're that kind of a person, but yeah. avocados are wild. Avocados cost a lot of money. Yeah, I mean they're good for you, but there's but not you, a necessity for that. Absolutely not. Also, if you accidentally forget to eat the avocados, like, okay, they're going to be ripe on Tuesday at 3 o'clock, and if I don't eat them exactly then, they're wasted and I can't use them. Unless you know, you know, how to really use an avocado, don't, you don't always need to go get avocados. Plus, the just a complete side note, the process of making avocados is environmentally not sustainable in the slightest. Ah. The amount of benefit we get from avocados the process of making it is causing like deforestation in Mexico and um South yeah America. i feel like that's why it's kind of a hard to find product and pretty expensive in the first place yeah because yeah. it's causing a lot of deforestation so know the facts people avocados don't buy are doing, avocados avocados are doing more harm than good but guacamole's good so i don't know what to say mm, yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's all right there's better there's better dips but that's okay. That's not we're here to debate today about dips. No, no yes. dip, no dip discussion, please. <laughs> uh, so anyway, the uh, the block one twenty plans one hundred twenty dining hall meals, five hundred five hundred dining dollars. My plan is I'm gonna see how I can make this work for me, but I need to really investigate the lunch options on Centennial to see how expensive they actually are, because my plan is I'll use the the meal swipes for dinners, I'll use dining dollars for lunches. And I'll use, and I'll actually cook and buy my own food for breakfasts, because I don't always eat the biggest lunches anyway. If mm-hmm. anything, I'll just eat a bigger dinner. And with a meal swipe, once you're in, you're in. So I can get two plates if I need. Yeah, honestly, the uh, that was also kind of what I was thinking. I mean, I totally forgot that there was five hundred dining dollars as well. So you could have your lunch with the dining dollars, like mm-hmm. even if it's a six, seven dollar meal, you're still gonna be able to get through a solid ninety, hundred days and. 120 days, there's going to be holidays for sure. So, like, yeah, you know, yeah you're it's not, not be every there. day that you're going to be eating lunch on yeah. campus. Like, the weekends, you might go out, that kind of thing. Yeah. And, like, just in terms of bare bones calculations, really quick here, you spend all your dining dollars on a lunch, you spend all of your meal swipes on a dinner, you spend $15 a week for a loaf of bread and omelet sandwich. Let's just say you do that. You're going to be saving, you know, let's see, uh, 50 that. times 4, 60, 60 times 4. 240? 240. You're going to be saving about, what, 1,000 minus 240, which is about $760. You can use that $760 towards something that's much better for you. Yeah, that $1,000 that you're saving by getting the less expensive meal plan, that, you know, 760-something you're saving now can go towards other things. Like for me, it would be my car insurance that we love to spend. Or, you know, just spend a little extra on and make a good breakfast. Right. Right. Those you know, avocados not, if you want it every once a month. <laughs> right, maybe not the $15 a week for breakfast. Maybe it's $25 a week for breakfast. It's still going to work. Still saving money. 
And little little conversation like this, even though that was not exactly the most comprehensive plan, that's just my general what I that's just kind of my way of thinking about how I'm gonna spend my money next year and next semester. Um, I'll probably come up with a better plan as the time goes because like we said, we're not really budgeting now, either of us. But I know definitely for next semester that I'm going to be actively spending money. There's that a act, lot of that I need to watch. Yeah. yeah. Like the reason that $500 now doesn't exactly, because as freshmen, we're on the Flex 500 plan. So Forcibly. It's, it's, yeah, it's kind of it's ridiculous that Flex 500 is nonsense. But it's not so bad. It's unlimited. Now you can have breakfast, lunch, and dinner, as big or as small meals as you want. As many times those, as you want. As many times as you want, unlimited. And those $500 dining dollars are... Those, that can be exclusively for snacks and other stuff if you really wanted to. So the reason, I don't know, I don't really want to say, don't consider it money because obviously there's money that was spent to make that $500 happen. It's, I don't really consider it money because even if I don't have dining dollars, I can still eat. You can still eat, exactly. Right? There's no reason to, to spend those 500 home. dining dollars at all. Right. There's no reason whatsoever. Yeah. Honestly, I just think it's a way for NC State to make us Feel like we can have all we can eat, and it's just a little bit more money. Just pay a little bit more money. Just a little more on top. Just a thousand dollars more. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's not so bad. Yeah, no, it, that's the kind of stuff that you got to think about when you want to be on top of your money. It's just little conversations like that. We maybe talked about that for I don't know ten minutes or so. <laughs> Google the few things. I mean, of course, the, the the real effort comes when you really have to start breaking out the numbers and it's a helpful tip that something I've done that I think would be really helpful is at the end of each month you're budgeting obviously you keep like a you can you keep like a running total you can do it online I like to do mine on paper so I have a physical budget with me so that at any time I mean it's just, I like to do it uh, on paper um if you do it online as well, you can also do it online and on papers. So you have backups and records and things like that, just so you know exactly where your money is. But it's also important to know, literally, like know where your money is. Like online banking is a gift. Online banking is such a blessing. I love online banking. Yeah, it's so easy. Online banking also gives you a really good overview of how you're spending and what you're spending on. Mm -hmm. Like I know one of my friends, she uses a uh, Chase. And Chase specifically breaks down the costs between entertainment, travel, food, mm -hmm. and other sources of yep. uh, how she's spending. And that's literally the bare bones minimum that you can do to just realize that, oh, maybe I'm spending too much on food. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm spending too much on travel. This is what I need to reduce on. Yeah. Now, that kind of thing, like check out for subscriptions to things. Maybe you have subscriptions. Like it's, it's just every once in a while, people say check your email every day. I say check your bank statement at least once a week just to see what's happening with your money. You know what I mean? You yeah. don't want to you don't want to go out one day thinking you have say $100 in your account and then you go out to spend something and your card gets declined like 30 times. Now you can't go out with your friends, your night's ruined and that's sad and it's because you have multiple subscriptions to like maybe streaming services or like Spotify or something like that that you just or you went out the weekend before and you spent that money and you just and you, you just know, didn't forgot. realize it. Right. You just you didn't know. That kind of thing. You don't want to get stuck like that. That's part of the part part of being financially literate is just financially being, able yeah, to being financially literate is just being financially aware of what you're doing. Right. That's 
That's like the bare bones. Financially aware. That's the basic stuff you can do is just know what's happening with your money. Know how much you're making, know how much you're spending. You know, like you said, like online banking, what your friend is doing with Chase. Online banking, like read your e-statements. Like you get your bank statements every month. Just check them out for a few minutes. Maybe, you know, take take five minutes out of your day to just and take then, a quick peek at where your money's going. Then maybe you'll notice a weird $100 charge for something somewhere. Right. You know, the, like, you don't recognize it. Obviously, you can refute statements, things like that. But just important. Just yeah. know what's happening with your hard-earned dollars. So that kind of stuff. Uh, do you have any other tips, like other things that you do? Because, like, obviously, like, I use online banking. When, like, next semester I'm going to kickstart my budget again, hopefully I'll find a job here um, that had a little more steady income than doing what I'm doing now. So uh, what I normally do is uh, I use Excel sheets and I manually track down each and every expense that I do. So if I, say, I take an Uber out to, you know, a shopping mall, I put it down in my Excel sheets, you know, Uber to shopping mall costs $12, done today, and paid by... Uh, the bank, you know? Yep. So I just track all of that. And then uh, every once in a while, you know, every two, three weeks, I come back, I see, you know, I use the Excel sum function or I just select the cells and I see, ooh, yep. I've spent $250 this week alone. <laughs> what am I doing with my money? Like when you're able to see, if, when you're able to visualize and see just how much money you've spent over a certain period of time, you're going to realize like, oh, I can definitely cut down on expenses. I can yeah. definitely do something better or do something, you know, different here. Mm -hmm. And uh, between my friends, I, I honestly, I use this app called Splitwise. And it's a really great app that just lets you uh, track all the expenses between different friends. Like if you're going to pay for a dinner, you know, $35 with eight people, who's going to like say, oh, give me this much exact amount of money. That yeah. app is just going to take care of it for you, and you can just manage money money matters with your friends on that app. And that's yeah. what I use for, like, between friends. Yeah. No, that's very helpful. That's exactly what I would do. Like what I was saying with, uh, with the personal management merit badge. Sounds super dorky, but it was very helpful, actually, because I learned about budgeting because part of personal management is managing your finances. Part of the other, Another part of the badge is, like, you know, managing your time, managing your relationships, that kind of stuff. But it had an example budget where you would start, you'd write your, it had, it had it basically just Excel spreadsheet on paper. And you would say month one, expected income here, expected gifts here, expected other things here. And then you would say, okay, this is my total income. I'm going to write, I'm just going to split this up into things. And savings is always first yeah. on a budget sheet for that you're making for yourself, a tip I have is put savings at the top of that list and set your fixed costs. Like you have your fixed costs, like car insurance, you know, maybe your Spotify subscription every month or every three months, something like that. Honestly, before you consider anything else that are variable, you should just first see, mm -hmm. uh -huh, I need to pay off, you know, loans for my house. I need right, to pay right. off my car insurance. I need to pay off some of these necessary subscriptions, I need to pay off insurance, all those different things. You take those into factor first and then decide what you want to do with the remainder of mm -hmm. the money. And the remainder of the money should be decided between, uh, you know, saving, spending some, and of course, you know, just keeping the money around just in case. Yeah. Right. Always set aside some for directly just to savings. 
if you have multiple savings accounts, like some people have an account that they will just put money into and they won't touch it. They'll just leave it there. Other people have a savings account, maybe at a different, like at my bank, I have a checking account and a savings account. That's all I really need because I know I won't be touching the savings unless I absolutely need it, like my car insurance. Um, if you put that money away and you just let it sit there. In the savings account. Yeah. Yeah. After you have your fixed costs settled. You say, okay, I'm going to put this much into directly to savings to just sit there and just stay there. Just don't go anywhere, money. You stay there. You can also put away some into another savings, but not exactly savings in the long term. It's more short-term savings just to have money there for, like, emergencies. Like uh, just, just literally just another few hundred dollars. I think the general rule is you need at least, like, I think it was either – three months or six weeks paid six either three months or six weeks pay on on hand at all times yeah just there yeah just, just put away and ready you know so you just you just have it there yeah. ready to go but then the other have stuff you want to touch that kind of thing deal with your fixed cost first then you manage out your variable cost maybe you don't need fifty dollars for entertainment this month maybe only 25 or something like that you know that kind of thing uh so what do you use any other like tools like you said you use splitwise you use excel do you have any other tips and tricks uh i'm gonna need a minute to think here i think uh what i do is i instead of the saving part where i just let the money sit i'd rather choose to invest it uh, which is something that not a lot of college students know how to do exactly yet. You know, they may have, they may just give it to their parents, tell them, you know, go ahead, invest in this, do this, do that. But investing is such an essential thing to learn for college students. And that's actually, it's it's going to be one of the podcasts that I'm going to be start working on. So I'm going to start working on pretty soon. And uh, I don't have a name for it yet. It's still in bare bones working, but I do plan to start something like that to teach people, you know, how to invest how to maintain uh, stocks, crypto, things like that. So I, I'd say the biggest tip I'd, you, I'd normally do is with those savings you invest because there are some investments that are going to give you guaranteed returns. There are going to be some investments that are risky, of course. You know, never invest more than what you can afford to lose. But there are things like Roth IRA, which is just an untaxable uh, account that you can open that will basically just let you deposit money in there and you're not going to get any taxes on it, and you can withdraw all that money tax-free when you're 65. So you can call that your retirement fund, you know, have, another, have a Roth IRA. Uh, there are things like that. You can invest in stocks. You can invest in crypto, which is kind of risky, but it's still there as an option. So you'd want to make sure you do as much as you can with your money and not just let it sit in the bank because we all know inflation's going to be, inflation's always uh, going to be rising yeah. You're always your money's always going to be depreciating in value, and if you don't have it working for you, you're not going to get anywhere. To be honest, exactly. Don't let inflation eat up your all your hard-earned savings. Because while you might put ten thousand dollars in the bank now, twenty years later, that'll probably be worth three or four thousand dollars in real value in that times of money. And you don't want that. You want your money to be working for you. Exactly. Like you said. Yeah. And I'd say finally, uh, I'd say go cashless entirely having cash on hand is good for some emergencies and some scenarios, but going cashless is just, uh, it's so beneficial. It's so easy. 
it it's actually also very secure with uh, wireless payments, tap to pay or scan to pay with your Google Wallet or Apple Pay. Those are very useful because you get to know uh, you get to know exactly where it's going to be scanned, how much you're going to be paying. Uh, you can't really like you don't have to worry about change. You don't have to worry about handling all the physical cash. You know, there's a chance you'd get like fake bill notes, things like that. There's so many factors with handling cash that it's just better to go cashless entirely. That's also another thing that I do. That's interesting. Uh, I know like a lot of places are going cashless, like the university is cashless. Yeah, it's basically yeah. cashless at this point. And like, I don't, I haven't seen a single restaurant or any other place other than credit debit card or dining dollars. They don't take anything else. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I would say I'm like involuntarily going cashless here because they don't accept cash. So I don't have any, like I don't need it because they don't need it here. Like I have dining dollars here. I got meal swipes. I don't really like, have much else I would spend cash on while I'm here. But in general, I would keep cash on me. I would try to spend cash. I think I would do that more often than I would with my card. Because in my opinion, spending with my card is it's 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 a little dangerous to me. Like remember what I said, like the only thing keeping my budget together at the time was my my own will. Yeah. Which was I'm just letting you know, it was a real struggle keeping that together. Like that one fifty a month. <laughs> I had that was Dangerous. It was like one, more like one fifty every other month. Like it was, it was interesting. It was an interesting time. I learned a lot about how I try to spend my money. Yeah, I'm sure there's like too uh, much all the time. But yeah, I'm sure uh, like there there are downsides to going cashless. Like with with cash, you're able to see exactly how much money is going out. You're gonna right. feel that pain of right? giving like you, away you some feel, money. You literally feel. Like here you go, that my ten dollars, my precious ten dollars, going for a chipotle burrito. Yeah. Oh no! Like if I, I look at a number on a screen, like that number is not real. Yeah, there isn't that exact amount of money sitting somewhere in a box marked Lucas Marsh's money. Nobody touch except for Lucas. Property of Lucas. Nobody touch except for Lucas. There isn't a box that says that with that amount of money in it that has that money going out at a time. Like that money online, that that's not a real number. Yeah. So it doesn't it doesn't feel real. That's why I like spending cash all the time. Or at least if I can, I'll spend cash because it's just putting in a piece of plastic and taking it out of the little uh, little card reader. Yeah, it, it doesn't, doesn't. It doesn't feel like you're spending money. No, it doesn't feel like it, and that's dangerous. That's dangerous. Yeah, and uh, with if you just do that and you go and you you swipe in swipe <laughs> swipe swipe swipe, you go crazy. You're like, oh, it doesn't feel real. It doesn't. Feel Nothing real. happens. You that's know, fine. And all of a sudden, you have zero dollars. Now you're broke. Exactly. Sorry. That's why I would always like what I would do with a paycheck. Is I would go into the go my paycheck would be direct deposit right to my checking account, and then I would immediately put it in fine savings. Depending on how much I already have in my checking account, like at a time for a student, I, mean, I was in high school and now a student, you know, in college, I don't have many expenses that require me to have more than I don't know a hundred dollars in my checking account at a time. Yeah. So whenever I get paid, if I have over a hundred dollars, I'll just take the difference. And put it into the savings. Put it into my savings so I don't touch it. So at a time, I pretty much only ever have like $100 on my card. Pretty much for emergencies, like backup. If I run out of cash, exactly. I have some money on my card. Well, yeah, always keeping some cash right. is pretty good. On Like if you have like $20, $30 for an emergency situation, yeah, right. you don't know where you'll need it. But You don't yeah. need to be carrying $100 of cash on you. Like yeah. Unless you know, you're going to and from your bank or something like that. But 
just generally in your wallet. You don't really need to carry that much money on you. But I've always seen my debit card as like a backup. I yeah. mean, now that I don't have any cash because the campus is cashless, and I'd, I'm not a member of PNC Bank because there's no PNC Bank by my house, so I don't. I haven't tried using their ATMs, but I'm sure there's a, a fee that I don't want to pay, so I'm not going to use those ATMs. But you know, yeah, that's just how it is. Well, going cashless has its benefits, pros and cons. We talked about it, and mm-hmm. honestly, the same the 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 thing you said about uh, how you don't know where where your money is going and just how much of your money is going uh with online transactions that makes that's pretty much the real stinger and that's where budgeting will come into place because mm-hmm. that's just a replacement for saying oh hey take the cash away instead put it down on that excel sheet say oh i spent ten dollars here and you're going to stare at that excel sheet for the next two hours saying yeah. i spent ten dollars on a burrito yeah. i could have just eaten food at the dining hall right that kind of thing is that's why tracking and logging those expenses are just mm-hmm. so essential, even in a debit card. Yeah. And that's why also with credit cards, people sometimes do get reckless and they go over their limits. And yep. that's because they don't record those expenses, which is so mm-hmm. essential to make sure you know where your money's going. Yeah. It's like even, especially with a credit card. That is Credit not, card is like the worst that thing is you could not possibly. That is real yeah. money. That's literally isn't real money. It's a number that you're going to have to pay back to put back to zero at the end of a month. I've actually, I've never actually had a credit card because I'm worried that's what I'm going to do when exactly. I have a credit card. You're like, oh, it's fine. It's credit. I'll pay it back at the end of the month. I'll have the money at the end of the month. I'll have the money at the end of the month. That's no. kind of like what people do. They get into that cycle. You know, with the credit card, you basically are just borrowing the money and you have yeah. to pay it back eventually. Yep. And people will just keep borrowing and borrowing and they'll reach a cycle where they're just going to be oh, gosh. stuck. Crippling debt, terrible credit, can't buy a house, can't buy a car can't buy myself groceries oh no yeah that's exactly sucks. why the importance of financial literacy you don't want to you don't want to dig yourself into a, a financial hole you know what i mean you don't want to just all your money's now poof it's all gone and you don't know where it is you can't get it back you don't know why it happened you don't want that to happen to you yeah there are so many things that can go into uh you know budgeting analyzing using a debit card using a credit card in fact like credit cards are they, there's so much around them on like how to use them efficiently how to make them uh, be used to your advantage like there's a lot of things you can do mm-hmm. it's just that you need a lot of research and it's kind of hard to simplify those terms but hopefully yeah. i plan to do that in my podcast eventually mm-hmm. so yeah yeah um you know obviously we're no we're no experts we're just kids who've had money at some point so yeah we still of yeah. course this is not financial like, I, i've advice. never had a credit card before i'm, I'm, I'm yeah, no even, i'm no expert but I even know. i've not had but yeah. like just looking alone through social media just mm. reading some of the news articles just seeing around just 20 minutes worth of like research you, you can see just how how dangerous are are how beneficial a credit card can be mm-hmm. yeah my my parents have always always told me those things like i i would see the stack of receipts pile up on my mom's computer and then, like, you know, every other week, she's sitting at the kitchen counter Well, me and maybe my dad are cooking or something like that, and, and everybody's hanging out. My mom is sitting there putting inputting receipts into their, uh, I think they use Quicken. Um, they're putting in receipts. They're budgeting. Yeah. And I always ask them, like, as, you know, when I was younger, I'd always ask, I was like, what are you doing? They're like, oh, we're budgeting. We're just being cautious with our money, especially because uh, 2008, uh, the housing crisis was, was rough. Oh, definitely. It's difficult. Yeah. Like, they they never let us know, 
but the 2000 crisis was, was difficult for a lot of people. Yeah. So my uh, budget, I think my father, he uses a Tally ERP nine. It's a very ancient software. It's probably released like 30, 40 years <laughs> ago, but it's been doing him solid. He's been using that straight, straight on for everything, for all of his budgeting, financing, marking expenses, seeing how much his money goes in, out. So there are like very nice all-in-one tools like that that help you, yeah. you know, properly budget when you get a proper income. Mm-hmm. And it's just important to talk about these things. That's why that's why I chose it as today's topic. It's because something that I know you like to talk about, something you know a lot about, something I like to talk about, something I hold in very high regard um, to living a good life being financially secure, being financially literate is very important. Um, shout out my parents for cultivating that kind of life for me. Yeah, By, definitely. There's, there's, we wouldn't have been, uh, you know, doing this episode if we didn't have that much interest in right. financial literacy. If it weren't for our parents, <laughs> yeah, like, like it, it's not a very interesting topic. Like, oh, hey, be financially literate, educate yourself on how to manage your money. Like, it's not the same thing as, oh, how do you get no. rich quick? You know, it's right. Like, it, it's not like, all right, guys, so what you're gonna do is you're gonna invest when the market goes blah blah blah. No, 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 that's not what we're doing here. It's just. That's not what we do in this. That's not what we do in this show. That's what he's gonna do in his podcast. More information to come, but um, that's what we what we do here. Is we we start the conversation here. We have a little discussion. We just we tell you about how important it is, how important it is to us. Um, and I just thought of something else. But something my parents would do is so they started giving us an allowance to teach us financial responsibility. My sister will see a toy or something. And she would be like, oh, my God, I really want to buy that. I really want to buy that. We'd be out. You know, you're out with your parents, your little kid. You're in the toy store. You're like, can we get that? Can we get that? Uh, the yeah. parent will probably be kind of, you're kind of hoping that your mom and dad will pay for it. What my parents would do would be like, do you have enough money for it? Yeah. And we'd say, no, we don't have enough money for it. And they'd be like, well, no toy today. Sorry. And then, you know, we'd be all sad. And they'd be like, listen. You get an allowance. You are getting. You're making money. You have income. It's small, but you're making money. Over yeah. time, save up for whatever you want to buy. And once you have enough money, if by then you still want it, because me and my my sister are plagued by the uh, uh, ADHD, so we'll see see something and be like, oh my god, I really want. It. I really want. It. I really want it. Impulse buying. That. Yeah. That's oh. most of the buying that I do. Like I recently got um me and my brother used to play Skylanders all the time. Um and recently uh I got Skylanders again and my brother got me and we got it for me and him, but we got it mainly for me because he knows that I have the game um with me here at school. So he got I mean Nunchuck so I can play a game again. So my parents sent us a few of our old Skylanders and I saw that I didn't have three elements. I didn't have a Skylander of an air, life, or earth element. So immediately I went online and I bought three new Skylanders <laughs> that are on their way. Probably going to show up on Saturday. Because I was like, oh, I need these to complete the game. Who knows if I'm still going to be as into Skylanders as I am now. Kind of like the uh, the two-week Minecraft craze. Like every every decade, there's just two weeks when I'm like, oh my god, I gotta play Minecraft. I gotta get back on Minecraft. Everybody, we start a new world, start a new server, and then there's all that hype, right? And then like, it just kind of goes away. Be amazing, right? It's gone. Yeah, that's what. That's just me with pretty much everything. Like I'll really want to do something. That's just me with, me with hobbies, jumping back and forth, and that's a topic for another day, because I got a lot to say about that. But 
Video games. Yeah. It's a whole, <laughs> it can be a whole other episode for sure. Oh, completely. But um, no, my parents would be like, do you have enough money for that? And we'd be like, no. And by the time we've saved up for it, don't want to buy it anymore. It does so go just, away eventually. I'm not interested in it anymore. That's also kind of a rule that my uh, parents also on did. Something else. Uh, you know, if you see something and you want it, wait at least two, three weeks. If it's a small thing, you know, like if you if you still want it after two to three weeks, sure, then maybe we'll consider buying it. You know, based on your budget, based on your allowance, based on your birthday money, or however, however they feel like if they could be if they could get it or not. But if it's something big like you know, a brand new hundred dollar Lego set, which was one of the biggest things that I wanted back when I was like 10 mm-hmm. or 11 years old. I had to wait a year and a half just to get that. But because yeah. but because I was still interested in that set for a year and a half. Yeah. We know that you know we really do want it and there's and you're yeah. you know you're like okay, you've waited this long, now you deserve it. Right. I'm about to fall into the pit of everything basically again it goes against everything we've been talking about here. Although I sit here and I preach financial literacy, it's a, a dangerous amount of money that I can just use at any time. Because of how much I've saved, I can just go. Like I have access to that money. Very easy access to exactly. with, a, with a push of a button. $600 of that could be towards buying the brand new UCS Lego Razor Crest. It is dangerous how much I think about how much I want to buy that set. And it's been ever since the set came out, I haven't stopped thinking about how much I don't care that it's $600. I will buy that set. There, I, I, I mark my words at some point, the UCS Razorcrest, for those of you who don't know, the show The Mandalorian, there was a, the ship he flies is the Razorcrest. There's a $600 Ultimate Collector's set, um, Ultimate Collector's series set. It's like two feet long. It's really, it's just a massive detailed set and I want it. And it's $600. That is not a reasonable amount of money to spend on anything. Yeah. $600 on a Lego set. I am scamming myself by how excited I am for this. Yeah. But I'm holding back because of something my dad said to me. Because when I went home for Christmas, we went home for Christmas break, like winter break. I told him, like, I was working pretty much every day while I was home. So I was making money while I was home and I come back with some money in my pocket. I replenished some of the money I spent on the car insurance while I was, you know, last semester. I put a, put a little bit more money back into savings. I said to him, I was like, if I make a reasonable amount of money that I can take out $600 and still have made a reasonable amount of money, I'm going to buy the Razor Crest when I get back to school and I'll have it. And I'll have the Razor Crest and I'll be happy and very, very happy and very satisfied. To, to your dad. And he said to me, he's like, that's stupid. Immediately. <laughs> Normally, what I get from my dad is, hey, man, listen, it's your money. Do what you got to do. If you, I mean, like, I, normally I show him the set. He's like, wow, that's awesome. That is really cool. But don't but buy no. it. No. No, not this time. Normally, I get the, the supportive, oh, my God, that set is awesome. If you want it, you got the money for it, go ahead. That's not what I got. What I got was, that's dumb. Don't do that. And, it, it, on, and then, you know, he went on to explain why. I was like, oh, my God. What? Who are you? What are you doing? What are you saying? Who who are you? Where's my dad? <laughs> what you know? What he said was like, now is the time to really be saving the money. If you want the Razor Crest down the road, you get it down the road, but not now. Yeah. You are in school. You have no expenses really. Which is the best time to save? Save your money for when you really, really need it. 
What he means is by the time I'm 30 and have a stable job and a family, then I'll buy the Razor Crest for myself. And honestly, Not at that point, now. you probably lose interest. Oh, nope. You can say you that can now. Say that, but you can say that not. now. No. You don't know. I, I know myself, and one of the things, of all of the, the little interests I've had when I was growing up, Star Wars Legos have been at the forefront of that. It's at least the most reoccurring theme. Of want. Of something I'm like, I need that. Star Wars <laughs> Legos. Every time, without fail, it is Star Wars Legos every time. At some point in my life. It's like it's on my goals. Like a list of things I want to do in my life. Like, you know. Buy the Razor Crest. Ha- buy the Razor Crest. That is something I'm going to do. But he's like, that's dumb. Don't do that. And it, it really, honestly, it really kind of hit me because coming from my dad, I was like, all right, that makes sense. Because, you know, he yeah. knows a lot about this stuff too. Part yeah. of the reason why I got interested in it. Because he was telling me a lot about it. Um, it def- but oh. he just said to me, he's like, that's, that's stupid. Don't do that. And yeah. it really, really set myself. So if you're about to go and spend $600 on a Lego set, think if twice. You, yes, please. Think many, many, many times before you do that. Like, I know it's something I want to buy, but I also know it's something I shouldn't buy now. Yeah, and, and a quick, very quick example is that in 2017, uh, a car released, a supercar model of Lego released, and I I wanted it so badly. And that was 2017. That was five what years ago. What kind of ago. car? It's a Bugatti Chiron. It's a Bugatti. What color is it? It's blue. Oh, yeah. We love what the Bugatti. What color is your Bugatti? And uh, I thought, you know, I wanted that. You know, I was I was 13 years old and I wanted that. And, you know, never got a chance. It was $350. Like, who would buy that? Yeah. And plus, we were back in India. That's a lot more money there. That's actually yeah. like an average salary. Of a month worth yeah, of Indians, yeah, like three hundred fifty USD. Yeah, is a exactly. Lot of rupees. So, we were like, "No, you're not getting it one bit whatsoever." And then, after five years, I sit here in NC State. I'm like, "Huh, I have the money for it." The next one month, almost every other day, I go ahead and I keep thinking, "Should I buy it? Should I not buy it? Should I buy it? Should I not buy it?" And finally, I pull the trigger. Why? Because I just know that, you know. And first, it was under my 10%. And second, if I've wanted it for five years and if I've wanted it for one month straight, right. it's definitely going to be a rewarding experience. So yeah, that's, that's why... That $350, it's worth it to you. It's worth it because it's special. And like, right. if, it's, if it's something you've wanted for five years and if it's mm-hmm. something you've been thinking about for the last month, you should go for it as long as it's within your scope. Yep. And that's, that's basically part of having fun you know, and enjoying with the money. That's why I bought the Razor Crest. Like you you, probably, you probably will eventually. I know. No, listen. There is no probably will. I'm telling you now. I will. No, you probably will buy it within crest. maybe this semester. No, I feel like this semester. Maybe. I'm going to start putting away <laughs> the money I make from producing my show. Razor Crest Savings Account. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what it's going to be, actually. Like, that's what it's already named. <laughs> I'm joking. I don't have an account. I'm not kidding. That's where, That's exactly what is happening to my money. But I'm doing that because I know I can. Yeah, and also I'm mainly just seeing, you know, like what my parents have always told us: Do I really want that? Do I really do it? Like I say, I do. You gotta, you gotta keep I'm telling saying, it to yourself. At some point in my life, I will buy it. I know I will. Yeah, you but, just gotta keep telling it to yourself, and only if you really think it's worth it. After time, time is all that matters. Mm-hmm. Then you can buy it. Yep. Yeah. But excellent conversation we've had. I think that's an excellent place to stop. Akil, I'm gonna thank you for being on the show and. You know, just thank you for being here. I really appreciate 
the conversation we had. I really appreciate you, appreciate you being here. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. Of course. Uh, good luck with establishing your podcast. Um, more information to come. I'm sure you'll get a, a shout out here at WKNC's Brain Trust where we have the biggest brains and we trust in them. I will be giving a shout out to your show once it gets up and running. Uh, but with that, again, thank you for being here. Uh, we'd also like to say a quick thank you to JT Suttuk and Moving Boxes for providing us with amazing intro and outro music. He's done a lot of really great work for us here at WKNC's Brain Trust and for WKNC. If you want to check them out, they are Moving Boxes Band, all lowercase, one word, Moving Boxes Band on Instagram. They've got some amazing music. They've got excellent merch. Go ahead and check them out. And if you like what you heard today and you want to stay subscribed to keep track of new WKNC's Brain Trust content, check us out at wknc.org forward slash podcasts. That's wknc.org forward slash podcasts with an S. And with that... Good day. Good day.